Start your morning with the news that matters in just 10 minutes. Axios Today hosts Nyla Boodoo and a team of award-winning journalists bring you the latest analysis and insight into trends shaping our world. And this episode of Locked on White Sox is brought to you by Built Bar. Sox win. Let's go. White Sox. White Sox. Go, 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 go. The dynamic duo of Herb Lawrence and Chris Tannehill. Those two are like a tag team, you know? Come with me to Southside of Chicago. Hi, this is Jim Tomey, and the best White Sox talk is on Locked On Sox Podcast with Tanny and Herb. Hello, and welcome back to Locked On Sox after a glorious and well deserves 10 to 4 victory good buddy 10 4 good buddy white Sox over the detroit tigers man there's nothing better than detroit tigers pitching secures what ails you i am herb lawrence with me is chris Tannehill. chris how are you and bill feeling today bill how are we doing tonight okay the white Sox win print the banner line up the parade michigan avenue on the studs turkle bridge division street let's go all right, so 10-4 winners, as you mentioned, Herbie. 10-4, good buddy. And that was a nice one. This this is a this was a really nice win tonight. You know, uh, you're beating up on a bad team, a team that you're supposed to beat. But where else do we begin tonight? Uh, no one other than Tim Anderson. I mean, he starts off the game for the Sox in in in, in great, powerful fashion. Let, let's uh, have Jason Benetti take the call here. It's big news in the Anderson household every time he hits a home run because they have a ritual at the Anderson household when he hits a home run. It's spaghetti night for dinner. He gets a big plate of spaghetti. So he loves the home runs. Tim in the air, left field. It's time for a pasta party. Cook it up. Throw in some meatballs. One nothing socks. Now, Herb, I got a couple of very important questions for you. One is, uh, do you like your spaghetti with meatballs or with like an Italian sausage? Go ahead and marinate on that for a little bit. What do you What do you think? Well done. Um, <laughs> if my mom used to put them in like just ground beef, so not really just big ass meatballs. But yeah. as I've grown up. I've liked uh, meatballs and much better than Italian sausage. So, yeah, my, my favorite was when we actually had, like, just the noodles and then, like, a little bits of uh, ground beef throughout. I still love my mom's uh, spaghetti. And I understand if Tim and Bria make the meat, uh, make the spaghetti like I used to have, why he would love that meal every night, every time he gets a home run. Tim Anderson and I have a, a few things in common. Uh, we both have wives that make us spaghetti. We're both black, and we're both the faces of baseball in 2020. So it, it's it's cool to see. Um, I prefer my spaghetti. You know, I, I tend to I try to be on the healthy side. It's not the healthiest of meals with all the carbs in that. But uh, I like a little a little pro tip here. 
uh, smoked turkey kielbasa uh, sausage. It, it gives a nice little smoky flavor and, a, you know, a different texture there. And it feels like, you know, you're eating Italian sausage, you know, but you're not. You're really you're saving your heart uh, a, a little uh, a little work there. But, yeah, that, my wife makes that for me. It's one of my favorite things, too. So you got to love the spaghetti and you got to love Tim Anderson leading off a game with the home run again. Spaghetti! Spaghetti. So his wife must be like, damn it, stop being good. <laughs> jerk i'm tired of this shit yeah does she make it fresh every night you think or is she making a big batch for the week like how, how do you think he's Just, got he, he's got to ask for it fresh i would think right oh no she probably makes a big ass batch and then freezes a little bit because like this some bitch is too good this year fuck that shit i ain't making spaghetti every day uh i'm gonna i'm a thaw this out you gonna think it's fresh though i wonder if uh she follows ralph Cifaretto's pasta recipe from the sopranos i wonder if she follows that recipe at all when she makes it now, this is the most crucial part oh my god you put the pasta back in the pot mm. you add a little gravy and a little butter then you put the fire back on for 45 seconds, stir it up real nice. 45 seconds? Yeah, that way the macaroni absorbs the gravy instead of just coats it. This is for flavor. I need a favor. Wow. I need a piece. Yeah, man, the TA starting the game. Here we go again with another great start for the White Sox and Tim Anderson. And I, I, I'm not ready to, to give up that leadoff spot to anybody else in our lifetimes, in our children's lifetimes, in our children's children's lifetimes, because TA has seen the ball really well right now, and it's just great to see. Oh, man, it's uh, amazing. We I know I doubted him being the leadoff guy and also just being a hitter in general that he was last year. He's not the hitter he was last year. He's much better. I am so surprised that he is this good. He's locked in right now. I cannot believe how well he's seen the ball, how much swag he has. It's like a beach ball out there. That last hit he had in the eighth inning, I believe it was, where he's looking for the triple. And the guy just throws him a fastball down the middle, and Timmy smokes it right back to him to center field for RBI single. I was like, the man is locked in, and he can't be stopped right now. Absolutely. And my favorite thing, the second at inning and his second at bat, moving up in the box to take away Scooble's breaking ball, that was just a thing of beauty. It looked like a 16-inch softball player out there. It reminded me of the days of you know playing out in the parks and watching my dad play softball. Was, that was something you don't see that often. Yeah, and our lockdown Tigers brethren, Chris Castellani, was wondering if he saw that same move. And he said, is he tipping pitches? Because how do you move up in the box 0-2 and, unless you know what the pitch is coming? Well, and he, it looked like Timmy, you know, just a smart baseball player, firstly. And he's like, okay, I'm going to take away his best thing so it doesn't get too deep on me. And when it gets to me and if I'm in the front of the box – I can do some damage, which he did. Yeah, I think that's probably just simple scouting right there. They don't have too big of a book on uh, on Mr. Scoble, and they probably Tariq. Just, yeah, well, yeah. Fun fact: I was looking at the uh, media guy, the Tigers media guy today, and uh, Tariq Scoble was actually named after uh, Lord Tariq from Lord Tariq and Peter Gunn. So, fun fact: I, I didn't know that. Uptown but, baby, that's right, Uptown for, for the crown baby. Uh, yeah, so maybe that's just, just simple scouting. What's his out pitch? He was 0-2, and so he just decided to to flex on him like that. But I, I thought that was that was really cool and just great to see from Tim Anderson, who's really becoming a, a refined, experienced hitter right before our very eyes. And, you know, I made the comp 
a few times on the podcast whenever we talk about this leadoff situation where I said, you know, I don't like the approach all the time. I'd like to see the walks improve, but I think there's just something something electric about having TA at the top of the order that kind of has that Alfonso Soriano type vibe to it where all of a sudden you blink and it's one nothing and that's got to do a lot for Dylan Cease and all the other guys that are out there especially with young pitchers to go out there and pounce early like that there's just something unquantifiable about the way the lineup looks when Tim Anderson's hitting and it's not going to last forever you know he's not going to be hot the rest of the year uh, but it certainly it it's, looks like a, a thing that's going to stick for a while so uh, def- definitely great, uh, great developments on, on that end as far as Tim Anderson. And I, I think it just this whole thing is just so exciting watching the Sox and watching all these young guys and the different growth of guys and where they're at in their development. But it's safe to say, I think, that the Sox have ended their their curse of drafting position players and having them fail. I mean, they, they went out and they got a high school shortstop and they took a big swing on TA, and it looks like he's finally starting to pay off for the White Sox. So that that alone makes me happy. Yeah, and he's uh, like developed his game. And Steve brought up a good point, Steve Stone, on the broadcast today that it is no coincidence that this team offensively has started going when TA returned to the lineup as of last, I think Tuesday, he returned to the lineup. I mean, also as a good coincidence that they're facing the Detroit Tigers who are not great. And Matthew Boyd twice in those two start in these uh, two series because TA's eating his lunch. And so is some of the white Sox hitters. So it seems like you were saying it, like the team is energized when he's back in the lineup, his presence. I know we were talking last week, uh, week about how this team is just dead and just we had the Dallas Keiko call out because they he felt that team was dead and he wasn't showing any emotion and what TA is is emotion he's excitement he's swagger he's confidence he's all those things that you want. you want to have Eloy have fun because Tim is having fun and Eloy has fun that means Jose's having fun the youngster Luis Roberts having fun Danny Mendick's having fun, and it goes on down the line. So, yeah, he's the catalyst. He's the one that started starts it off literally on the li- in the lineup and also with the emotions and with the swagger and with the energy on the team. I don't think that – I didn't think initially that baseball needed energy. I just thought that was just like coach speak and uh, old man speak. But you could see throughout this year, energy – breeds excitement breeds camaraderie breeds hitting breeds everything that you need on a team i i hate i know white Sox fans hate for me to bring it up but that comes bench is electric that minnesota twins team is electric that's because they're cheering for each other they're talented firstly and then secondly they got the energy to start when they're playing those games so uh it might be just anecdotally and not really a thing that you can quantify but what we're looking at is what Timmy does. He brings the excitement to the White Sox lineup, and everybody follows. So I had a question for you. I, you know, I said I had a couple questions for you tonight. Um, things I think about during the game. Do you think at Kid Rock's big honky-tonk rock-and-roll steakhouse they gather around during these Sox-Tigers games and they pontificate on the state of the Detroit Tigers rebuild? Is that a thing that happens, do you think? Big time. He's a huge <laughs> Tigers fans. And what else is going to talk about? No college football this year for <laughs> oh, him. No. His president's going to lose. Uh, no one's visiting his garbage Nashville bar. <laughs> it's got, it, 
not only does it got the STDs that it usually does, but this year the COVID is taking up residency on stage every night. So, yeah, Kid Rock's only solace is to play his banjo and his drums and steal black music and then watch the Tigers. <laughs> That sounds like a fun night. Uh, <laughs> top of the order tonight, Herbie. Anderson, Moncada, Abreu. They go 7 for 12, two doubles, the homer, of course, from TA, and eight RBI. Uh, Moncada's just doing his thing quietly, uh, putting together solid at-bats. But now Jose Abreu's starting to pick it up a little bit. That that rocket shot opposite field double he had, that was, mm-hmm. that was, that was vintage Jose Abreu right there. And if he's going to start hitting, you got to look out for this team, man. Yeah, and he's have he hasn't had a typical good Jose Abreu start, but if this good three for five evening shows anything and starts him off on a good path, I'm all for it. We have two more games with the Tigers, so maybe that'll help him out. Another rookie starting his major league debut tomorrow, Casey Mize, and then I forgot who's pitching on Thursday, but nothing could be better for a struggling batter than these Tigers and then the Cubs coming in to time or actually we're going to Wrigley Field. So if you can keep that going, especially versus Cubs, get a couple wins versus a team that is doing very well in that team, I will be very excited because he's batting third right now, no matter what, because of Grandal is down and he probably is the most deserving as the moment in those three, four, five hitters that the White Sox usually have for Brayu, Jimenez, Encarnacion and then Grandel. I think he's probably the most deserving. If you're doing an everyday starter, I would actually put James McCann up there. If you were smart in the, t- in the limited time that he will be the catcher, the everyday catcher, because he's doing doing with the bat the whole year long. I worry about Casey Mize a little bit tomorrow, but the way the Sox are hitting, it's 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 tough to even call it a worry. But I, I'm more uh, excited to see what the kids got. The number eight prospect in all of baseball. Don't know who the Sox are going to be throwing out there. I saw some speculation on Twitter about Dane Dunning, um, but yeah, that that should be exciting to see. And this team is it could not look better heading into a weekend series versus the Cubs. Uh, speaking of the Cubs, Dylan Seas was on the mound today. Thanks, Cubs. He went six and a third, uh, five hits, two runs, two earned, three walks, and three strikeouts. What'd you think of Dylan tonight? Excellent pitching from him, getting out of jams. You know, had that tough. He had a couple tough innings, and he showed some resiliency to get out of those jams. What I did not like is Ricky bringing him back out for the seventh. You already saw him struggle in the, I think it was the fifth inning, to get out of that one. And while the six wasn't a huge struggle, it still was enough to say, okay, we've seen enough. Let the kid have a good feeling when he's leaving the mound. And six strong innings, two earned, cool, let's bounce. But no, he brings them back out. Two more runners get on. You know, get the Louis, Louis Robert. Luckily, his hand is all right. The x-rays were negative. And he leaves two runners on. Luckily, also, they have Cody Hoyer out there with that filthy, filthy, moving 98-mile-per-hour fastball getting in kitchens. Man, he was filthy out there. I love to see Cody Hoyer pitch because that running inside fastball was just deadly. I think it was either Jimer Candelario or Nico Grudrum, maybe both of them, that got jammed and only hit a pop-up that went straight up the, uh, up the chute. Would have been a hot home run in a silo. But wasn't a fan of Ricky bringing him back out for the seventh. Just like his last start versus the Tigers, I wasn't a fan of that, and I was wrong. 
this time I was right about it. It was not the right move. Let the kid have some positive thoughts going into his next start. And I just didn't like it. I think the next start will be versus the Cubs on Sunday afternoon. So he himself pitched all right. Strikeouts were there. Balk. The walks were a little high at three. The, when he came off that last start versus Detroit, I don't think he had any. He uh, was a little erratic early, but the kid's all right. The kid's decent. Four and one on the season with a decent three ERA. And I'll, I'll take that every time of our number three starter, maybe number four starter next year. Absolutely. And just thinking out loud a bit on Ricky's decision to bring him back out for the seventh, you look at this ahead of the schedule, and you know, we already know they're taxing the bullpen already. Missing Aaron Bummer big time. Evan Marshall's been getting a lot of work lately. So you're wondering if there's if there's a few elements to this. If one was just like, okay, I want my young guy to know what we expect of him, and we expect you to go into the seventh inning every single time and give us your best effort out there. So we want to push you further than you're used to getting pushed. I wonder if that's part of it. I wonder if they were trying to save the bullpen a little bit for the next few days, especially with that powerful Cubs offense. You know, there's there's no real rest in sight for the rest of the week. So I'm wondering if, if that was part of that decision too. So I, I always, you know, am hesitant to to first guess or even second guess on on moves like that because especially when you're dealing with young pitchers, you know, you you're you're trying to see what you have and maybe try to push them a little bit because sometimes these guys need a little bit of a, a kick in the ass every now and again. And I think Dylan Sees can still feel good about his outing tonight, uh, going six and a third innings and in route to the White Sox 10-4 victory. 10-4, good buddy. Over the Detroit Tigers. More on Dylan Sees, by the way. He found mm-hmm. himself on Pitching Ninja tonight. That slider uh, that he threw, uh, Jason Benetti said it had demonic principles. Uh, people said the slider was infected by devils. At that, that at bat in the sixth inning, you know, I know Miguel Cabrera isn't what he once was. But Can't say it. I know, but still, he shows flashes, and he's having a little bit better year than he has in years past, the past couple years. But that slider that he threw Cabrera in uh, the sixth inning, he confused the hell out of a Hall of Famer, uh, out of a first ballot Hall of Famer. He strikes him out on the slider, and Miguel Cabrera just looked pissed, like that he got outguessed, outworked, and everything. That was that was something that I thought was really interesting in that at bat. And I think it was residue from the bat before where he threw him a slider. I think it was on one and O and it was, he missed it by a foot. And then he tried to throw that slider again after a failed, a high fastball. And he walked Miguel Cabrera on a three, two pitch with a slider. And that's, I think what either Dylan Cease and Miguel Cabrera remembered. Okay. I, he can't hit my slider. That's what Dylan Cease was thinking. He can't hit it. If I pinpoint it, he's not hitting it. And Miguel Cabrera is like, man, he can't get the slider over. And if he does, I'm going to murder it. Because that's what Miguel Cabrera does. If he pitches in the zone, I'm going to murder it. That's what he's thinking. And even though his skills have de- diminished, he still thinks he's Miguel Cabrera. But with the filthiness of that slider, he's like, damn. I was all geared up. I knew it was coming. And I still missed it. I can't believe it. It's unbelievable. I'm, I'm not the guy I used to be. And this kid is out here throwing filth. His slider's tight. It's real nice. And I think Steve and Jason pointed out, sometimes he tries to overthrow it. The slider he threw in the subsequent at bat after the Miguel Cabrera uh, walk, he threw an 85-mile-per-hour slider that was filthy. 
And he got that over where he threw to Miguel Cabrera an 87-mile-per-hour slider that he couldn't get over after the first one he threw successfully. He was just kept on trying that outside corner, and he kept on missing in the left-handed batter's box. So if he just gears it down, he doesn't need to throw it as hard. The movement does the work for him. He needs to learn that, that you know, a couple miles per hour down, the execution of the horizontal tilt and the sideways movement is what he needs. That's what he needs, uh, like the 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 access going down and then away from the hitter. He doesn't necessarily need the the velocity to be right. Eighty seven is plenty enough. Eighty five is enough. Just throw the pitch because it's filthy. And to pair with a 98, 99 mile power fastball is a lethal combination. Going to give you some updated White Sox playoff odds and also uh, toss a bouquet to someone who we've been hammering lately after this word from Built Bar. Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever, or should I say the new and improved Built Bar, because it's even delicious -er. They've got 18 amazing flavors, including nut and non-nut flavors, including six brand new flavors. Check this out. Caramel brownie, the cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. And of course, Built Bar still has all those original flavors that you know and love, from the coconut almond to my favorite, the German chocolate, the peanut butter, and of course, the banana bread. They've got all the great flavors that you're used to, but now the flavor combinations are virtually endless. And don't forget, as always, Built Bars are healthy. They're great if you're a health-conscious guy or gal on the go. It's a great way to lose or maintain weight while still indulging in a delicious treat. You know, I was out there doing some yard work the other day, and it was one of those instances where it's not quite dinner time, still got a while to go, but you need something, and you're hungry, you want a snack, you need something that'll hold you down, give you a little boost of energy, cure the sweet tooth as I have, and give you a little protein boost in the meantime. Built Bar is absolutely perfect for that. They've got so many great flavors. And don't forget, Built Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, and they're great if you're on, let's say, a keto diet. For example, one of their new flavors, Cherry Barcia, I mentioned a few seconds ago, it's got 17 grams of protein and just 130 calories and only 4 grams of sugar and only 4 grams of net carbs. And now since Built Bar has been back with us, they've got a couple great offers for you guys just for our Locked on White Sox listeners. For a limited time, they're offering a free cooler with purchase, so got to get over there quick. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your next order. That's promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. Built Bar, it's the best tasting protein bar ever. All right, so we wanted to throw a bouquet. I saw you tweet about it, and I certainly appreciated seeing it. But in that eighth inning, Sox make it 7-2. to two. They start to pile on and put it out of reach. There was a really solid at-bat there by Nomar Mazzara. And for him, this is the way back. He certainly had his work cut out for him in the outfield tonight with Dylan C's giving up a lot of fly ball contact out there. But as far as his approach at the plate, a really nice at bat for Nomar Mazar in that eighth inning, driving in the run, and I, I know you felt the same. Oh yeah, he battled. He it was a tough lefty. You know the the book on Nomar Mazar doesn't hit lefties at all, and just battling, just falling off tough pitches, spitting on the ones that are outside. You know you would usually chase from a lefty, and then just a just a little contact, a little contact. 
that's all that was needed in that at bat. That's all I was asking for. Contact or the walk. It was a 3-2 pitch, and he puts the bat to the ball, gets on with a infield singles, drives in a run, and that's all you needed. You need him to understand time situation, what was needed at the time, and what the situation was at the time, and he came through. And hopefully for him, it gets his confidence back up, lets him know that, hey, I'm a Major League Baseball player. I've been doing this. And, yeah, my numbers haven't been what people say they should be. But, God damn it, let me go. I mean, I got talent. I have it all. And let me let this talent do its thing. You know, I think baseball, a lot of the negative talk gets in your mind. And me and you and all these critics out there can get I'm in fair mind, and balanced. Your- I don't know about you. You're just a mean asshole on these podcasts. I try to be fair I, to everyone involved. <laughs> and, you know, yeah, that, that stuff is real. And baseball, more than most sports, it's a mental thing. He th- he sees he's struggling. He knows he hasn't done what he wants to do, especially for the White Sox. So he just needs to get out of his game, goddamn head. He has talent, and he needs to put his talent to the test and know that he's got that and fuck every single body, Herb Lawrence included. <laughs> fuck them. If they ain't riding with me, get off the train because I'm about to hit my 20 home runs, you know, prorated, of course, <laughs> that I hit every year. And I'm about to show you, White Sox fans, that you ain't getting Springer. You ain't getting Nicholas Castellanos. You ain't getting none of these right fielders who are going to be on the free agent market next year because I'm the motherfucker. You're going to be signing me to arbitration. And that's cool. I want him to prove me wrong. Prove me wrong. Prove I me wrong, kids. Prove me wrong. Make some, make some goddamn lemonade, <laughs> No Mazzara. All right, so going into the game, the Sox had an 82% chance of making the playoffs. Cleveland victorious tonight. Minnesota and Milwaukee currently in the 10th inning after Kenta Maeda's gem of, a, of an outing tonight. White Sox now at 85% chance to make the playoffs. I just thought I'd give you an update because we're plowing through this season, man. We're, we're getting there. Like it's Before you know it, it's going to be September and we're going to be talking about you know magic number situations to, to make to the playoffs. Hopefully if things continue on their current path and the Sox get some guys going and, and certainly the top of the order production continues. That's a big part of this. And a quick note about Tim Anderson. He's the first player in White Sox history with three leadoff home runs over a seven-day span. That's pretty amazing from T.A., and hopefully that's something that's here to stay because if you can take pressure off Lou Bob at the bottom of the lineup, and I still would like to see him get more at-bats. Don't just bury him down there, but while he's sorting things out, have a guy take charge at the top like T.A., and I think they'll be in good shape. But, uh, yeah, looking forward to tomorrow's game. Looking forward to see who takes the ball for the Sox, and uh, definitely looking forward to checking out Casey Mize tomorrow, seeing what all the hype's about and seeing if, if, that's, if that spitter is all uh, they say it is. So that's all I got tonight, Herbie. I also am looking forward to Casey Mize. We got one down. Sarik Skubal saw him and liked it, what he was throwing out there. I didn't see anything spectacular from him, but it's his first start. Just like we used to eat versus Justin Verlander. Hopefully he doesn't turn into a Justin Verlander type player. Would you call it Skubal snacks tonight? <laughs> Would you call it that? Just just tell me would you call it that? I just want to know. I mean, you can just play it already. Yikes. Really? Yes, really. All right, yeah. So I mean, leave the leave the corny to me. 
<laughs> I'll try my best. All right. So that, that that's all I got. We'll talk to you uh, most likely after tomorrow night's game, and uh, and we'll figure out what we're going to do the rest of the week with the Cubs series. But, yeah, it's fun times to be a White Sox fan, and we want to thank you guys for, for rocking with us. So uh, that's all I got tonight, Herbie. Thank you guys so much for rocking with us. And we've already gotten emails for our Mailbag Monday episode that's going to come up next Monday. So if you want to participate also, it is LockedOnSocks at gmail.com. That is LockedOnSocks at gmail.com. Send your questions, your comments, anything you want to send, not just about baseball or the White Sox. Send them anything you want to talk about. We might answer it on our Mailbag Monday episode. So for Chris Tannehill, follow him on Twitter at Chris Tannehill. Follow me, Herb Lawrence, Ectorwall23 on Twitter. And also the whole Locked on Sox thing, you can follow on Twitter at Locked on Sox and on Instagram. We're starting to post a couple more pictures of us and our exploits and the at the ballparks and this episode right here we might even post on instagram so for chris Tannehill, i am herb lawrence this is a victorious locked on socks